0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: What is going on, Bills Mafia? It is your host, AJ Sabalski, with another edition of Ages Analysis. This week, I am joined by the better half of the Shout podcast, Ryan Talbot. Uh, he works over at Syracuse.com, writes for them, does a very good job, and I, again, hosts the Shout podcast with Matt Perino. Uh, They're doing a great event this weekend at Wingnuts. Go check them out, a live show. They've, you know, they've really done, I will say, Ryan, you've done a really good job, you and Matt and whoever else has been involved with that, you know, gaining some traction with that. And now it's become a pretty big thing. So how are you today? And just maybe talk a little bit about that and, you know, how your week's been.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on and I really appreciate it. Yeah. We're we're really excited about Wingnuts. We generally do one event there every single month. We're at the new location. Uh, you can find us there. Well, you know, we the event starts at six. Our show starts at seven. We usually keep it pretty short and sweet for the live show in terms of uh, streaming it thirty minutes, thirty five minutes, and then afterwards we hang out with everyone that's in attendance. Uh, blown away by the crowd at the first show. Uh, just tons of people there. Couldn't find a seat if you wanted to. So really exciting environment uh, and looking forward to that. And in terms of gaining traction, you know. Uh, I always say that Matt came over from the UFC, had that video side of things down, and he kind of knew that podcasts were the the, the next wave of the future, so to speak, when we started doing it, and and it really has taken off since then because, like you said, we uh, recently did an event at Turning Stone uh, in Verona right outside of Syracuse. We've been at a lot of different places uh, doing this. It was great doing one at training camp. We had a lot of people asking about one in Rochester, so I look forward to seeing this thing continue to grow.
1: Yeah, it's definitely unique in its own, right? Like you said, Turning Stone, you did the Rochester show, you did the where Wingnuts went to, to Rochester and right. made all those wings. So you've been all around. And again, fans are you know excited about that and want to, you know, do stuff like that. And it's fun to talk, you know, all fans want to do is talk about Bills, especially during the season. So it's obviously a big hit. So let's get into this one, uh, this Bills Dolphins matchup. Ryan, I want to start with Josh Allen's performance in this one. Thirty of thirty-eight, three hundred and fifty-nine yards, two touchdowns two turnovers on um, both interceptions. actually three turnovers, two interceptions and one fumble lost. Just what do you make of his performance? Because look, if you look at it through, you know, a glass half full kind of thing, you look at the first half and you're like, you know, they were moving the ball fine. It's not like they were, you know, being shut out or the, the Dolphins defense was doing anything special. It was more so the kind of the epitome of the season, the Bills beating themselves. And that's kind of what that first half was. And in the second half, they turned it around and were able to kind of finish on drives while also getting help from, and we'll get to this, the Sean McDermott led defense and the, the punt return. So just talk about Josh Allen's performance and what you make of it as, you know, they're going to the playoffs and he's kind of struggled, but is this the game that kind of got him back on track?
2: Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I mean, it really did feel like the whole Josh Allen roller coaster type of experience because when you look at the final stat line, it, it was really solid, like you said. Uh, in terms of completion percentage yardage was great he hit some big chunk plays whether it was a short pass to Khalil Shakir that went for 40 plus yards a sideline pass that way some big gainers to Kincaid and company he 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 was hitting on a lot of different uh, cylinders in this game running the ball fairly decently picking up a lot of those third and inches fourth and inches scenario minus the last one at the very end of the game but then you have those turnovers and you know for as great as he was down the stretch taking a lot of clock off or time off the clock late in the game uh, scoring that last touchdown to take the lead the bills probably could have pulled away comfortably from this one if he had been sharp all the way through you know the first interception how much of it's Josh Allen how, how much of it's Gabe Davis and the miscommunication those two just have not been on the same page this entire year uh, was he supposed to sit in that scenario you know, when you looked at it, you saw Gabe Davis running free, but Allen threw it to a spot. So, uh, again, that that kind of is a who knows who's really at fault there. The second one, it was throwing it up on fourth and two. I get it, trying to hope something good happens. I do feel like he had Dalton Kincaid right off the snap there, uh, who was open. You throw it to him. He turns up field. He gets three, four yards, moves the change. You live for another day. It's just little things like that, and you don't want to nitpick too much, but both of those took points off the board for Buffalo, whether it was a touchdown, whether it's a field goal. You talk about the the miss that he had to Stephon Diggs downfield where Diggs just had Jalen Ramsey turned around, uh, beaten on a double move, and that should have been six. Little things like that is is the reason why this thing went down to the wire, but he was so brilliant, too, that you can't fault him too much because he's a big reason why they ended up winning this game as well.
1: Yeah, Josh Allen, 15 carries, and I'm going to go check this after the show because I don't know like where that ranks amongst his like career carries in a game because it's got to be up there 15 carries for 67 yards Ryan my follow up question you know with all of this with Joe Brady obviously established now as the offensive coordinator in this offense and you have that you know that new dynamic of Josh Allen using his legs more is that an element that they will need to continue to improvise and use down the stretch and also do you think like that touch push does work, but do you think they should try and like, it, it almost felt like they knew it was coming and I know it's a predictable play, but almost like now that they put that on film so much, do you want to see them maybe go different avenues with it and maybe switch it up, play action, maybe some different things on those fourth and shorts?
2: Yeah. When it's a fourth and short, it's so hard to go away from Josh Allen because if you're going with James cook or Leonard Fournette, Ty Johnson, whoever it is, it, it's tough to, to justify giving them the ball, knowing that they're going to not just have to pick up a few inches. They're probably getting the ball a few yards behind the line as well. And what's the success rate of that versus Allen just plowing ahead? But you're right. There's a lot on tape now. Uh, They've seen him go to the left a lot. So you saw the Dolphins start to play that. So then he adds the leap element into it in this game. Uh, at some point they're going to have to try to mix things up a little bit, maybe on third and inches, third and short, try some of these play action, try something different. But if it is fourth and inches, I do think Josh Allen is your best bet to move the, uh, move the chains for this team. And, you know, when it's not those plays too, you still see how special he is with his legs. The, uh, needing 13 yards and picking up 15. And I don't know how he did it to this point because you go back and you watch that play specifically, there were three Dolphins around him at, uh, maybe eight or nine yards downfield. And he somehow was able to elude all of them. Kind of Christian Wilkins kind of fell right off of him. um, And the other two didn't necessarily want much to do with him. And he was able to move the chains and get 15 on that. So to the other part of the question, yes, they do need him to be able to do that in the playoffs. You look at this game and the forecast for Sunday, uh, there's going to be some tough yards to pick up for this team on the ground. And you're, you're hoping James Cook and company can do it at the running back position. But having Josh Allen is another complete asset. And knowing that TJ Watt's not going to be out there too, uh, I, I think that certainly helps a lot as as well when you're looking at giving Josh Allen some carries in this this game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, hundred percent I think Josh Allen, again, like you said.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
1: That Ryan, his legs will be important here down the stretch. James Cook, 13 carries for 36 yards in this one. Only 2.8 yards per carry. He's averaging 4.7 this year. So again, another mellow day for Cook. Um, he's had, since that Cowboys game, I think he's had some success, especially when the passing game uh, with explosive plays. But the run, the run game has been a little bit of a struggle. But again, that, you know, comes with the territory. Now defenses have to prepare for a guy like James Cook every week, and that is a part of their game plan. So that comes with the, comes with the territory. Uh, I want to talk about The unsung heroes in this game, and we're going to rattle off, you know, four names here. Well, I am sorry. Uh, Dane Jackson coming in, stepping up, uh, you know, as a third string or you know, the depth corner, the third corner on this roster, just exceptional. He started, you know, the game with a holding penalty that led to an incompletion that moved the change for them, but comes back, has a great tackle on third and short to force a, a punt on like fourth and a half yard. I'm surprised McDaniel did not get aggressive there and go for it, and then also later in the game. Had the pass breakup on third, uh third down to get you know get the ball back for the bills. So that's the first one. Then you had Taylor Rapp again, another guy to come in and close the game. Uh a guy that's had his ups and downs this year, has had a, a lower snap share, maybe than some thought before the season started, and comes in and closes a, a football game. The last two, two receivers that obviously made huge plays in this one, Deontay Hardy with a punt return, who's again been quiet. And then uh, Trent Sherfield with the redirection uh, toe tap in the back of the end zone and also had a couple nice completions during the game, had to step up because of the absence of Gabe Davis. So all in all, Ryan, those four dudes right there, like, and, and I'll throw in Bale Inspector as well because, again, he's a guy that had only four snaps the whole season going into this one and, and goes out there and replaces Terrell Dodson. So those five guys, um, d- just your thoughts on them. You don't have to go through, I guess, each individually, but just speak about what that means for a team that, they're finding ways to win, and they're doing it with guys that haven't been out there or haven't really been an impact all season.
2: Yeah, let's throw a six in there too. Ryan Vandemark for uh, coming in when Deion Dawkins.
1: And you tweeted about, about that. Yeah, I when he had that I laceration. It. It was one of my points no. that I wanted to bring up. So.
2: <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, it, it's that next man up mentality, and you hear it, and you. Every coach, not just Sean McDermott, when you hear it, you almost roll your eyes. Like, yeah, in a in a world that sounds great, that you have this long, big roster. You have this depth and and you just expect them to be able to step in and perform at a high level. But very seldomly are teams able to find players that can step in and and play at a high level. I mean, you know, going back to T.J. Watt real quick, you you heard Mike Tomlin this week say, oh, it's going to be a by committee approach. And uh, there's no way that this committee, whoever it is, is going to be able to reach that level. And not every player that came in for Buffalo last week in the season failing necessarily played at the level of their replacement. But they made plays. Dane Jackson, like you said, uh, coming up with a big hit, keeping uh, a defender short of the line of gain, I believe it was Barrios on that play. And the pass breakup on third down on another series to force a punt. And uh, yes, he had a pass interference penalty, but his coverage was overall very solid. You knew that the Dolphins were going to target him once Russell Douglas went out in this game. So he really stepped up and played a big role. And you're hoping Douglas is ready to go healthy for this game on Sunday. But you at least know that you have a competent player in Dane Jackson on the back end. Uh, the wide receivers, you know, Trent Sherfield, you've he's seen his snap count go up uh, quite a bit as of late. Whether it's Steph Diggs kind of pulling himself out of games, whether it's personnel packages, he's been blocking well. the The targets haven't necessarily been there, but. On a big play where a ball bounces off of Andrew Van Ginkle's helmet, he had the wherewithal to track the ball, look at where he was on the field, keep himself in bounds, and put himself in a position to make a play on that ball, And especially when the offense was struggling with turnovers and not getting points up on the board uh, that they should have had earlier in this game. So a huge play there. Deontay Hardy uh, was a big-time free agent addition for this Bills team. At least it seemed that way in the offseason. Two years, $9.5 million contract. You thought, okay, undersized guy, but blazing speed can help the Bills downfield. It just never happened as the white, you know, why as a wide receiver. Khalil Shakir outperformed him in training camp uh, and has really shown why this season he deserves to be on the field a lot more. But could also contribute as a punt returner, and you know he has his first big moment in this Dolphins game and really flips momentum to Buffalo completely. No matter how many times you watch that video, whether you're a fan, whether you're a media member. You can't help but be amazed to see the crowd reaction. This is a, a game on the road at Hard Rock Stadium, and it just starts getting louder and louder, and you see Bills fans jumping up and down, and how many there are. This isn't one or two scattered. I mean, it was a a loud moment for this team, this fan base, and, and it really did change momentum around for the Bills in general in this matchup. Going back to the defense, Taylor Rapp. You know, Taylor Rapp was a guy that halfway through this season, I was thinking this was a free agent signing that just isn't going to pan out. he he doesn't look comfortable in the system. He's out of place. He looks a little bit confused. There had been some injuries where he had co- was called into action and it just didn't look like a good fit. But I will say the last five six weeks, he's looked a lot more comfortable in this scheme and in this system. And, and then you know, late in the game against the Dolphins, he makes back to back plays. Uh, The play before his interception was another pass uh, down the field, this one to Tyreek Hill, and he jarred the ball away from Hill on that play, and Christian Benford almost intercepted that, in fact. Uh, He hit Hill hard enough, the ball kind of bounced up, fell right in front of Christian Benford. Uh, It's the reason why um, Hill had to actually leave the field. He was a little bit banged up after that play. So then, when uh, when Tua went downfield to, I believe it was Robbie Chosen on on the interception, if I remember correctly, or maybe it was Chase Claypool. I'm sorry. Um, on that play, you know, it's different speed, different level, and Rap knew had an idea that the ball was going that direction, had a good jump on it, laid out, and, and created the interception to seal the game for Buffalo. So huge plays with all those players. Balin Specter coming in was probably a surprise to some over Dorian Williams. Um, but there was a day at training camp where he was given a, a run with the starters and he looked he looked the part honestly. So he he's, he deals with an injury throughout the season, comes back, gets some more practice reps, and he looked pretty comfortable there too. And like I said with Vandemark on a series where the Bills are trying to put the game away and take the lead. Uh Vandemark was out there for some pretty important snaps and he didn't look out of place. And I know Dolphins fans would probably punch back with well, none of our good pass rushes were out there, everyone was banged up. Doesn't matter. I mean, this was their backup left tackle going against some backup pass rushers, and he held his own, and he he did a great job on that drive.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent, Ryan Vandermark. Again, with a you know, for Deion Dawkins, he's played all season. He's been one of the best, probably his best season. Josh Allen said that yeah. you know about a month ago, his best season as a bill. So for him to come in like that in that moment is is pretty impressive. I want to you know talk about a little three more guys. Um, not much about them, but just just shot them out a little bit. Khalil Shakir, Six Cousins. For 105 yards. Stephon Diggs finally, I think, has a game that he probably needed before this playoff stretch opens up for the Bills. Seven catches for 87 yards, and then Dalton Kincaid, the rookie, uh, just unbelievable, set the all-time franchise tight end record for catches, not just like rookie, like all-time. So that's pretty special to do in your rookie year. Seven catches for 84 yards. So is that the three for you, Ryan, here down the stretch? And I know there's going to be these unsung heroes that we just previously talked about, but... And I know Davis is hurt, and he's still a big part of this, you know, situation. And he's a very good run blocker. He's very good at clearing out routes for other guys, and that's his role. Um, so what are your thoughts on just Khalil Shakir, Don K Diggs? Is that like the big three for you moving forward uh, in terms of pass catching and yards after the catch?
2: Yeah, you know, someone asked me about the playoffs and who's the X factor for this Bill's offense, and I would say it's Khalil Shakir. And uh, he's really come on as their most pre- – you could argue most productive receiver uh, these last few weeks, but certainly the second most productive in, in terms of if you want to throw digs in there, obviously for his track record. But Khalil Shakir is the guy that worked with Eric Molds in the offseason after his rookie year. And uh, we did an event in DC, myself and Matt, with uh, Eric Molds and some former Bills players. And Molds was really excited to see Khalil Shakir start to get a little some opportunities here and there. And he said, you know, as long I told him as long as you make the most of those opportunities as the year goes on, they're gonna count on you more and more. And sure enough, here we are. And he's the game's leading receiver in a half to win game for the AFC East. And uh he's taking a short pass, getting past the uh getting a good block from Gabe Davis initially, but getting past some defenders, taking it 46 yards, uh good rub route where he gets downfield along the sidelines to set up a first and goal, just has sure hands, and it wasn't just this Miami game. There are some third down plays against the Patriots. There's been some third down plays against in, in these tight games against the Chargers where he's coming up and it's Josh Allen kind of looking to him first because he trusts Khalil Shakir. Shakir's hands have been really solid this year. He had some drop issues as a rookie. So, you know, he's definitely the X factor for this playoff run, in my opinion. Stefan Diggs, it's interesting because he went from. Uh, 65% of the snaps last week against the Patriots to over 80 this week against Miami. Uh, what's What was the reason for the difference? Why was he out there more? Was it personnel packages? Uh, what Has he been dealing with something where he's just been getting winded or tired and not feeling at his best on the field? Whatever the case may be, he's out there more, so he's getting more targets, getting more production. And like you said, this might not be over 100 yards receiving. Uh, had he, he and Josh Allen connected on that deep ball, it would have been, mind you but it's still more production than what we've seen out of him in weeks. And you want to get that rolling going into the playoffs. And then, like you said, Dalton Kincaid, there was a play. I want to say it was a third down play where it it just showed the savviness of Khalil Shakir. He's coming across the middle of the field. There's a guy sitting there and instead of, you know, running in the middle, maybe taking a hit, he runs behind the guy, gets open downfield for Josh Allen to throw the ball to him. And he gets a good chunk of yardage. Uh, it's savviness like that from a rookie like Kincaid that really impresses you. And, and, um, you know, again, after a rookie year where you break a franchise record for receptions, I know the Bills don't have the most illustrious history with tight ends. That's still very impressive for a 24 year old kid who's only gotten better as the year has gone on.
1: Yeah. Don Kincaid, you saw it on the film, you know, and when he was coming out of the draft process, he's my favorite tight end coming out. I never thought the Bills would be, uh, a possibility for that just because of the receivers they were interested in with Jay Flowers, and you know, Josh Downs was talked about, and Jordan Addison, and, you know, all those three guys are balling out too. So they're all those guys are having good years as well, and Duncan Kids just, you know, part of that list of successful. Sam Laporta. you had you him in there. So there's a lot of successful pass catchers this year that came out of this draft, and, you know, it's only going to get deeper uh, for this upcoming draft. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's talk about this injury report. Uh, Ryan midweek, uh, the Bills injury report from Sean McDermott not practicing. Gabe Davis, Razul Douglas, Taylor Rapp, and he said he mentioned Terrell Dodson, but he was actually limited today, so that was a good sign. He said he was not going to practice in the process, but he ended up being limited, and sure. um, also being limited. Ty Johnson and Deion Dawkins, uh, and then veteran rest Leonard Floyd and Von Miller. So, of Gabe Davis, Razul Douglas, Taylor Rapp, let's just leave Dodson out. Like, who, who's the most important piece among those? Actually, I'll just say all of these guys. Who's the most (laughs) important piece for for you in terms of this guy probably needs to be on the field if they want to make a deep run?
2: I would say Rasul Douglas uh, of any of them because he has come in. He's played the part of cornerback one. He he looks the part. He's played at a high level. Uh, and, And mind you, I know Sunday's forecast doesn't look like passing football weather, but if the Bills build some kind of lead in this matchup, I guarantee a Mason is going to try to stretch it downfield to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. And you need a, a good, you know, cornerback out there, someone that can jump routes, stick to their players, make good or have good coverage. And to me, that makes him by far the number one most important player. And the good news there is after the game last week against Miami, he did say that he thought he would have been able to go out and play. It was just Dane Jackson talking him out of it saying, you know, uh, trust me, I've got you. I'll be able to to do this. If you, you know, uh, if you're not at hundred percent, let me do it. And, and he did, he played at a very high level. So I think we'll get Russell Douglas. I know Gabe Davis is an easy target for fans because the stat production, uh, as a receivers all over the place on a week to week basis, but he is very good as a blocker. I know Trent Shurfield can do that too, to a certain extent, Um, and and I know the offense did move the ball pretty well in this game against Miami without Gabe Davis out there, but he's still a a big part of this because on any given week, he can take over a game, uh, as we've seen. And if he's not taking over as a receiver, he's contributing as a blocker. Um, and, and then as for the other guys, you know, um, It's tough because you look at the other guys, obviously I'm not going to talk about the vet rest players, but you you want everyone out there if possible. You want Tyrell Dodson out there because of how well he's played. I know he was limited today, like you mentioned, but Ty Johnson with a concussion. He's been, he has some juice in his game as a runner and a receiver. You want everyone out there, but if you had to rank them for me, it's Rasul Douglas far and away is number one.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree. He's been a ball hawk, uh, you know, big play guy just like he was in Green Bay. And his story is just unbelievable. Just the way he, uh, you know, I, I can't get over it sometimes. That a guy, you know, third round pick, it's released, unsigned, released, practice, like he just went through and then he just found a spot in Green Bay. And now it's just, you know, he comes over from to Buffalo and Brandon Bean does a, uh, you know, draft swap, trades a fifth round pick. Or trades a third round pick, gets back a fifth round pick, and Douglas. It's just unbelievable value from Brandon Bean in this or you know this year and probably the best off-season or in-season acquisition of Brandon Bean's career. So you're right, Ryan. Razul Douglas is very important down the stretch. I just want to mention here Sean McDermott, real quick. Um, his his ability to coach this team down the stretch here has just been, you know, unbelievable because of the fact that you know, six and six, you have a tough stretch of these you know, these next five games are probably must-wins at this point if you want the division and, and the two seed. You be the Chiefs and Cowboys holding them to 24 combined points when but or not not sorry, the Chiefs, not the Chiefs, the Dolphins and Cowboys to right. 24 points. They combine for 24. They both average over 24 points, which is pretty crazy. You also hold the Chiefs to 17 points. So basically, you you hold all those teams below 20 points. As a defensive coordinator, your 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 DVOA skyrocketed uh, weeks one to ten. It was twenty third. Now it's third. So you're just looking at Sean McDermott just taking over a, a battered defense um, when again the critics were at their highest when he was at his lowest, and now he's responded in a way that's you know been pretty unbelievable. And I think it shows you the you know the coach he is, and the not only is he a leader, but I think he's also an elite defensive play caller, and that's shown these past few weeks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. and We've we've seen that against Miami, especially over the last few years, the last two years specifically, uh, with Mike McDaniel and how this is a high-flying offense. It puts up a ton of points and yards against most teams. But, you know, for whatever reason, Sean McDermott's always able to dial something up and slow them down, keep them in check. And with the Chiefs, the way he held them in check, the Cowboys, another high-flying offense this year that really looked all out of sorts in this game. He's doing an outstanding job coaching defensively, but even as a head coach, what I really like down the stretch is he wasn't coaching tight. I think sometimes early on in his career, and, and this has been something in the playoffs too. So you hope in the playoffs, it, it continues from what we've seen down the stretch. Sometimes he'll get a little bit too tight coaching and fourth and one in your midfield, you're punting it away and uh, you know, you're saying, well, I trust the defense, but as much as you might trust the defense, you, you got to let the offense try to go at times and, what I saw in that regular season finale that really encouraged me in terms of Sean McDermott as a head coach is uh fourth and inches from the, their own 37 yard line saying, go get that yard, go get it and trusting Josh Allen and company, because this was a close game. You don't get that. And one, you don't chew a lot of the clock uh, or time off of the clock, excuse me. And, and two uh, you're setting Miami up to score and tie the game at that point. So he really did show some aggressiveness that I, I really think the Bills are going to need in the playoffs as well.
1: Yeah, he again, like you said, Ryan, and he 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 was asked about it today in his press conference, and he's like, "Yeah, I've evolved, and the game has evolved." So, and you know, analytics have been a big help with that as well. So that that's something that I think will continue. And Sean McDermott has been able to adjust. Um, and you know, you can you can have your negatives about Sean McDermott, but one thing he is good at is knowing when to go for it on fourth down and being aggressive at the right time. So that's exactly what he's been able to do. Let's flip the script now, Ryan, to this Bills versus Steelers playoff wildcard matchup. The Bills will host the Steelers uh, at 1 o'clock on Sunday. The weather, it's looking like there's going to be some lake effect snow. It's funny because, fun fact, I was a meteorologist major for uh, my first semester at college. So, lake effect snow always satisfies me, and that's why I wanted to be a meteorologist. But then I realized there's physics and science and all that stuff, which is... That was too. That was way above my head, so I, I said, you know what, I'm just going to stick with the sports stuff that I know and love my whole life. Um, so, yeah, the Bills are a host in the Steelers, weather game potentially, a lot of wind, uh, cold weather, perfect Buffalo weather. I'm sure the fans will be loving it. I, I want to start with this Pittsburgh offense, Ryan. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, you're probably going to be the focal point of this offense. That's what they've been. Uh, Jalen Warren's great in the screen game. He's been great. Uh, in the pass-catching game overall. Najee Harris, I think he's a thumper. He gets tough yards, but again, he doesn't have that many explosive plays, but he's quietly had one of his best seasons in in Pittsburgh. So, Ryan, my question to you is, you know, Mason Rudolph takes over the team. He's won three straight. Uh, they're, They're winning football games with him. He hasn't turned the ball over as much. For you, are you more worried about the combination of Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, who, again, have made some big plays, Uh, Janta Johnson took a screen to the house. George Pickens had a couple great games with Rudolph. Or are you more scared about the combination of Najee Harris for Jalen Warren? And should that be the focus of the Bills defense?
2: Yeah, in terms of who should instill more fear, it should be the wide receivers. But with the weather and the conditions, I would think that this is going to be a game where Pittsburgh is going to try to ride the ground game, uh, keep the ball out of Buffalo's hands for this. So for this specific matchup, I would probably pick the running backs. Uh, but again, no doubt who's more explosive, who's more dangerous with the ball in their hands. I think George Pickens, talent-wise, is the top three, top five receiver in, in this league. And again, that's just from a pure talent perspective. But the, the Steelers don't want Josh Allen in this offense to have the ball. They want to grind out a lot of time. They want to uh, give the ball to Najee Harris in those, those early downs, maybe, or those short uh, yardage distance type plays. And he has looked really good as of late in this system. Jalen Warren, some ball uh, security concerns there. But as you mentioned, uh, maybe a little bit more juice or more explosive than Harris. Uh, Good pass catcher screen passes are something that needs to be on Buffalo's radar. It's been a struggle for them all year long in that area. And in that regard, it feels like so. You know that that's just it because I don't really feel like Mason Rudolph instills much fear in the Bills, uh, and, and knowing that the, you know the wind, the snow, I, I think they would much rather have him throwing the ball despite them having really good wide receivers. Uh, take their chances with that and errant throw that could get intercepted. And um, for the Bills, it's all about building an early lead. So that is the case. So you can try to make them. Uh, so that they have to pass the ball. The sooner you can make them one dimensional as passers and not let them use the run game to their, uh, to their benefit, or as much as they'd probably like the better for Buffalo.
1: Yeah. Pat Farmouth, another guy that's going to be key over the middle Rudolph, you know, whoever really has been the quarterback with Pittsburgh, they seem to find that guy um, for key third down conversions and stuff like that. So he's another piece of this offense that don't want don't to go unnoticed. Cause again, you look at last year, uh, I mentioned it before the Bills Bengals game and I, I mentioned Hayden Hurst and how, his ability to, you know, he had a connection with Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. and Joe Burrow's always been good with tight ends. CJ Ozama back when he was there, and now he's with the Jets, and his career's kind of fizzled out. So, Joe Burrow's done a really good job. I feel like Pat Framuth, again, and with the Bills' past struggles with tight ends, could also pose a problem in this game, uh, in terms of, you know, Extending drives like you said Ryan because they're going to want to Pound the ball and they're probably going to want those You know soft they're going to you know they know the bills are Playing zone they know Frymouth wants to get to those Soft spots in that zone so moving The chains and getting the first downs will be important for them Yeah and,
2: and again he's a, a player That's sure-handed he's a player that's very Smart and savvy I know the bills were really Interested in him a few years ago During the draft process uh, But Pittsburgh was able to get him first So definitely someone that's on Buffalo's Radar they know a lot about him they know how talented He is and like you said Uh, He is a trustworthy target and tight ends are generally a inexperienced quarterback's best friend. And despite being in this league for quite a few season uh, seasons, Rudolph doesn't have a ton of playing time under his belt.
1: TJ Watt, obviously out in this game, that's a huge loss for the Steelers. I mean, it's like, I mean, I would, I would say like try to compare it to Matt Milano is like a statement. And I think Matt Milano is obviously just as important, but To not compare, just, just know that T.J. Watt's a game record. Without him, that defense yeah. is a lot, lot different. Uh, the Bills offense going into this one, again, I think they've had their struggles, but, again, a lot of that's on themselves. They've had those moments where, again, Ryan, you look at the season and you look at the games they've lost, and it's like maybe just a couple of diff- plays went differently and it would be a whole different ball game. And that's kind of, again, probably the message the Steelers are sending is if you can force a couple of turnovers on this team and make those plays that other teams have been able to convert on and get points off of it they have every chance to win this game. So Joey Porter Jr. I think has done a great job this year of taking away number one receivers. Stephon Diggs um, is going to have a good test in that. He's won against Jamar Chase. He's played the Ravens. He's played Amari Cooper. So he has experience against these elite weapons and has done a really good job of that. Minka Fitzpatrick, if he can go, again, that brings a different element uh, to this one. I think Minka could obviously try and take away Don Kincaid if they want to go that route and you know put, line him up in the slot. And then, you know, you have the defensive line. Cameron Hayward's still there. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple of good pieces. Keanu Benton, the rookie from Wisconsin, who, again, I think, Ryan, I think you mentioned that he might have been a top 30 visit. I'm not sure, but I know the Bills had interest in Keanu Benton uh, before mm-hmm. the season. So just talk about this offensive approach, Ryan. What do you want to see the Bills do offensively? Do you want to see a balance? Do you want to see kind of let Josh Allen be Josh Allen? And, you know, what's the approach the Bills take in this one?
2: Well, I definitely want to see some balance in this game. Like you said, lake effect, snow, winds. You want to be able to trust uh, James Cook with the ball and, and being able to pick up chunks on the ground and Leonard Fournette in these situations, likely getting an opportunity, I would think. You know, Ty Johnson could clear a concussion protocol and they could still go with Leonard Fournette as the third option over uh, Latavius Murray. I thought he did a good job in pass protection and blocking. And without TJ Watt, I could see some more blitzes. I could see some more uh, chances taken by this Pittsburgh defense. So having a guy like Fournette would be good too, but purely from a running perspective, the Bills need to be able to get chunks of yards on the ground because if they can do that, it'll, it'll help open up the play action. I know you don't need a great run game to make the play action pass game work. uh, But I, I do feel it works a little bit better if you are running the ball well and you know, it'll also make it. So defenses have to give some attention to James Cook and company, but then you can run it with Josh Allen in another direction and you can get creative. So I do want to see a little bit of a balanced approach here on Sunday.
1: Are sustained drives something that you think is important? Like, I know the Steelers are going to be trying to do that. Like, they're going to try and get Mm. these sustained drives. They want to take time off the clock, take the ball to Josh Allen's hands. But likewise, do you think the Bills will kind of look at that too and be like, look at this weather. We don't want, you know, to give the ball right back to the Steelers. I know their offense isn't anything special, but do you want to see, like, long sustained drives or do you really just see, like, you know, points points are important. That's all that really matters. You don't care if it's a quick hitter per se.
2: Yeah, I, I think I'm always in the in on board with quick hitters getting the quick points, getting points on the board. Uh, and I also think it's a little bit different if this were Kansas City or if this were Baltimore, and maybe then you would say, well, it wouldn't be bad to have some sustained drives, keep playmakers like Patrick Mahomes and 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 Lamar Jackson off the field. Uh, with Mason Rudolph, yeah, get him on the field as much as possible because. I know he's won some games for them down the stretch. I know that they're he's a big reason why they're in the playoffs. This is not anywhere near the same level of quarterback as some of these other guys that the bills are likely going to have to play uh, if they win this weekend. So in this case, points are points for sure. Uh, Put them up there. The the sooner you can get points on the board, the harder it's going to be for Pittsburgh to get back into this one.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity V-A-N-29-dot-com.
1: Ryan Talbot here with me uh, on this lovely Wednesday. This will be out tomorrow, Thursday, 2 p.m., so uh, I appreciate all the listens. I'm sure people will be tuning into this one to make sure that, you know, the Bills, they get the proper pregame analysis from Ryan Talbot here. So, Ryan, give me your hot take. I'm putting you on the spot here. Give me a hot take in this game. I know it's going to be cold, but give me a hot take, and then give me your prediction.
2: Okay, hot take. I I don't know if it is a hot take or not, but uh, you know what? I'll make it a hot take. Von Miller has two sacks in this game. Oh, that's a hot take. Two. <laughs> I was going to say one. I think one would be a hot take, too, yeah, to be one. honest. I thought late in that game against Miami, he did show some good rush, uh, some good pressure. He got very close to two. I thought on both plays, both the incomplete pass Tyree killed on the interception to Taylor Rapp. So, uh, you know, at least one sack, let's let's we'll reel it back a little bit, at least one sack by Von Miller in this game. Uh, I and mean, maybe it's a big sack that creates a turnover for this team.
1: And then you have a prediction or you don't want to say it because you're.
2: No, I, I'm good with that. You know, okay, I haven't okay. necessarily figured out the exact score yet. The weather conditions, everything else. I'll say Bills 27, Steelers 13.
1: Sounds sounds like a uh, sounds like a beating in Orchard Park uh, coming from Ryan Talbot right here. Uh, I have the Bills winning this one around the same thing, twenty four to ten. I just don't think the Steelers will get anything going offensively uh, in terms, of, unless again Josh Allen turns the ball over and the and the Steelers are able to capitalize off that. My hot take, and again I don't know if this is that hot, but I think Josh Allen has more passing yards this game. And I know it's crazy because it, I guess it is kind of a hot take too, like you. Uh, I think he has more passing yards in this game than the. Steelers have total offense. So that's Ooh. kind of my my hot take here. Cause again, Josh Allen seems to outgain all these teams on his own sometimes. So I think that could be another example of it on Sunday. Ryan, tell the people where they can find you and again just what you you know what you do and what you have coming up.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Ryan Talbot Bills. You can find my work at newyorkupstate.com and Syracuse.com. Uh, and you can find the shout Buffalo football podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, when we go live, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or X, as well as Instagram now as well. So uh, check us out and see us on Saturday as well at Wingnuts.
1: Yeah, I will be there at Wingnuts on Saturday. I finally was able to get some time off to be able to go out there and check out the new location. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's always a great time. So Bill's Mafia, you should come and you know support some of the best people on the beat. I appreciate all of you tuning in tonight, or tonight, today, whatever it is. Uh, It's AJ's Analysis, another episode coming to you live. Hopefully, hopefully next week, the season for all of you is another week of, you know, digesting a possible Bills versus Chiefs uh, matchup for the divisional round. Patrick Mahomes traveling to Buffalo or uh, the Texans or Browns if the Dolphins are able to get the upset. I'm sure a lot of Bills Mafia will be uh, Dolphins fans on Saturday night, and I'm sure Wingnuts will have it on. So that's another reason, like, hey, come check out the the Dolphins-Chiefs games there. So, Thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you all next week.
0: Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything, and now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS Viya, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com/viya.
3: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling even for many of the best assets.